Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to episode number 51. We're going to be going over the NBA playoffs, a rough start for our Miami Heat, rough start for the LA Clippers, as another loss last night at the hands of Luka Doncic. Also last night, the Lakers were able to even the series, so we got a lot to look forward to. Angel, what are you looking forward to? Also, I'm looking forward to breaking it down. It's Even though it's only been like two games, but still, two games can mean a lot in the playoffs. So let's get into it. All right. So in our first game that we had last night, we had the Brooklyn Nets just absolutely tear apart the Boston Celtics. In my opinion, I said this on the podcast right before the playoffs started, I think the Celtics have absolutely zero shot in the series just because with Jalen Brown out, I think they're overwhelmed talent wise. So I don't think we need to spend too much time on that one. Angel, you have any thoughts on that one? Not really. I mean, we kind of expected Brooklyn to just beat the brakes off of them, and they've been doing that. Um, and once Jason Tatum left the game yesterday, it was kind of over for them because outside of Marcus Smart, who went on like a really good stretch for them scoring-wise, no one on that team could really score at will. Kemba, he just takes bad shots, and he he tries to be the leader that everyone says he could be for the Celtics, but he might be there like moral – like for morale in the locker room, yeah, he might be a great leader, but on the court, he's not the guy to you want as point guard. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston would. Well, if Jalen Brown was there, I would put Marcus Smart starting at point guard, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and then the rest I fill it out. And I would have Kemba on the bench just because clearly Kyrie is too much for Kemba. It's too much. So you're saying bench him for the rest of the series? Well, I mean, unless I know he can play better than what he's doing now, why would That's I want to start him? Going to Peyton Pritchard as the starting point guard? That'd be tough. I'm, well, I would put Marcus Smart at point guard. Damn. But that's just me because, I mean, we saw last year with the Heat. I mean, you know how many high-paid players we benched? Dion Waiters. Uh, Johnson. We had a couple of guys who were making more than the guys who were starting. I do feel that. Sometimes you need to shake it up. I mean, I would love to see the Clippers do that to Paul George because that guy looks so uninterested and I don't even get it in the playoff game. So well, he played well yesterday. I mean, he played well, but also missed dunks and was, I mean, I just do not understand what's going with that guy. I think he, I just think he floats in and out of games. I just I don't think he's locked in. And I, I mean, he played well, but Kawhi really carried the team. And uh, in the first I'm, half, in the second half, he was kind of gone. I'm all the way out on that Clippers team, like all the way out on that Clippers team. All right, then let's talk about the Clippers then. Yeah. So they lose 127 121 to the Dallas Mavericks last night, now fall down to 0 2 in that series. And the series will now switch back to Dallas as Dallas was able to take both of the first two games on the Clippers court. And I, I think it's panic time for them. I was saying last night before the game that I think that they have game two, but if they lose, I I do not see this team coming back from it. I think they don't have it all there as a team. And going down 0-2, especially to a team with Luka that – they can't figure out. I think it's I think it's super, super panic time. 
Yeah. I mean, game one, I gave him a pass just because Dallas was hitting so many threes. Tim Hardaway, like we said, he's a very streaky shooter. He had a great game one. Um, Porzingis had a pretty solid game one. I forgot who else was um who was starting that game. I forgot he also made um five threes as well outside of Hardaway. Oh, Vinny Smith. Yeah, Vinny Smith. Vinny Smith made some threes, and Luca was hitting every single time he switched on Zubox. It was like almost the same move: a step back three, and it's a swish. So I gave the Clippers a pass because if a team is making that many threes on you, you're most likely gonna lose the game. It's not that you didn't play well; it's just they took a lot of shots. They were good, and then once they started double-teaming Luka, he was just passing the ball out. So I was like, all right, they probably got game two in the bag, like you said. They'll probably win it by, like, maybe 10 or 15. But no, Luka came out and was doing awesome. Again, Porzingis had a good game. Tim Hardaway had a good game. And what's shocking to me is, like, what we said in the pre-recording, Last year in the playoffs, Trey Burke was a big factor in this series for the Dallas with his speed and his ability to shoot on, well, I would say at the wings, well, near the wings, who uh, he was really good for Dallas and he hasn't played that much. And it's mainly been Luca and I would say maybe Tim Hardaway running the offense. So I, I like what Dallas is doing. If they can beat the Clippers, I mean, the question is, is will Kawhi opt out? Well, I don't even think that's the bigger question. I think if they lose, it's what the hell are they going to do with Paul George? Because the move has to be, if they lose, the move has to be you're trading Paul George because they have to do something with that roster. But I do not know what you get back. And I don't even know where you even begin calling teams about him. I mean, last night, 12 of 22, one from seven from three, 12 rebounds, six assists, 28 points, minus 18, worst of any player. And then the worst I plus minus ratio. I don't, I, I don't get Obaka only six minutes, Reggie Jackson, 30 minutes, Reggie yep. Jackson, 30 minutes. Uh, this is. I think it was just because how fast Dallas plays. They kind of want guys who can keep up with them. I mean, I guess I don't think that really helped anything. I think because uh, when Morris Morris did foul out, so that one was tough, and they did go back to they went back to Reggie Jackson. I mean, I would have put in Terrence Mann or Nicholas Batum, and Mann didn't even play in the first game, and then he goes from not playing to 15 minutes in game two, and it still didn't make a difference. And I really don't know exactly what the changes are because when you lose game one you always say okay we can make changes to the rotation we can crack uh some things and i don't think they really made many adjustments at all at late in the game they try to get the ball out of lucas hands more and they were doubling him uh the Mavs were just sending a big to the free throw line letting him turn and there's tim hardaway jr at three-point line so i it I also kind of hurt the Clippers that Luke Kennard didn't even play. And I feel Luke Kennard could. They don't play him. They don't yeah, play him. Because he, he can make a big difference for them. Uh, I don't know. He might. They might be calling switches on him because if, if Luke is so comfortable with that Pat Bev matchup, I think, I think the Clippers just have to say, listen, Kawhi and Paul George, you just have to not die on screens. You're going to have to work over every screen. I know that 
This is not how a lot of teams in the NBA play anymore, but you cannot die on screens anymore. We cannot switch it. He's seeking Zubak. He's seeking Pat Beverly. We need our two big wing defenders on him. And even Batum, I mean, I would run him out there before I start um, before I start letting Pat Bev just continuously get taken to the rack. And then even in game one, uh, Kennard only – yeah, Kennard I don't even think played in game one as well. And that's, I don't think so either. And that's after they – that's after getting a four-year, $64 million contract extension from the Clippers. So, Which I didn't mind because I saw the way he played in Detroit because I was like, hey, if the Clippers – got him i felt like that was a win of a deal but now that looks like it's they lost faith in him because offensively he really helps them a lot he's not he's not a bad shooter he's actually pretty solid so it's just weird i mean because it looks like they're playing the same way that they did last year in the playoffs like you said all the switches they love doing switches and i get it you don't want to play strictly man-to-man the whole time but there are players you have to say no this is your assignment everyone else can switch and then it's it's tough for them I mean the Clippers don't have their own first round pick until 2027 they traded away uh, Gallinari and SGA for Paul George and they blew a 3-1 lead last year in round two and they're down 2-0 after two home games so um, what's worse I mean it's and what's worse now a lot of people said okay this year there's not that many excuses for them because they played so much so many games together and now there was the talk that they tanked to get Dallas and I'm pretty sure that was stuck in the Mavericks locker room saying oh they think they could beat us like last year when we were we were every game was close except for like one game the closeout game so it's I mean was just some I don't even know if they could get rid of Paul George because look at what they gave up to get him and they won't nearly get the compensation back. Yeah. And I don't even know which teams they, will be willing to take him. And they signed the and they signed him to an extension after they blew the three one lead. I it is going to be very interesting. I mean I mean for entertainment s- purposes, I hope they can grab one, at least one in, in Dallas, but it is not looking good. They do not look like a team that is playing together at all. The only thing I would like to see if Paul George has a trade um, has a no trade clause because if he has a no trade clause, it's even worse for the Clippers because now they have to find a team that he'll be willing to go to. Uh, if they gave him a no trade clause, they need to they need to just move the franchise. Because if not, I was gonna say. I mean, they could probably go to Sacramento, maybe aim for Buddy Hield. Maybe Hallenbro or Fox, one of those guys. I mean, or they could probably call the Raptors, maybe see with OG and Anobi. Uh, That's tough, man. Kawhi's if, got an interesting decision this summer, honestly. Very if interesting. If not decision. Memphis, they could call Memphis and see if maybe to get Dylan Brooks. Because with. Jaw and John and Dylan Brooks are a good duo, but it's going to be hard to pay two guards when you want to build a team around Jaw. And now you're giving up Paul George for Dylan Brooks after you gave up all your first round picks and SGA, man. That's yeah, and SGA has proven to be a probably what one of the best all around players in basketball because I mean, he he can get a triple double honestly if he wants to, you if he really wants to. I would take all my picks back in 
SGA and run it back with Kawhi because Paul George has not proven that as the second best player on a on a team that's Super supposed team. to be good that they can come anywhere near championship contention. I mean, after Bowman this year and first round exit possibly coming this year, that's Lakers fans are laughing now because all the talk was, oh, the Clippers can beat the Lakers. The Clippers can beat the Lakers. Well, they have to meet the Lakers in order to beat them. That is true. So, I mean, that is also a perfect transition into the other game last night, which was the LA Lakers beating Phoenix 109-102, tying that series up at one, heading back to Staples Center. And it was it was a pretty fun game. Um, Chris Paul, obviously hampered by the shoulder injury that he suffered in game one, only finished with 23 points. I think only played like two or three minutes in the fourth quarter. Didn't have that much run at all in the second half to, um, to begin with. And then Booker was trying to put the team on his back as much as he could, ended up with 31. Um, but when the offense was, I mean, the defense was really just kind of keying in on him and some of the other guys, uh, it's tough. Bridges, Crowder had a rough game from three. So it was tough for him and the, the team to put it together offensively. Doc Cameron Payne had a great game off the bench, 19 points, mm-hmm. six of 15, though. I don't know if you want 15 shots from Cameron Payne in a playoff game, but it was a it was a good game for Phoenix. They stayed competitive. They didn't get blown out even with, you know, what Chris Paul, best, second best player on their team, not really uh, fully out there and kind of limited, but the Lakers bounce back game from AD finishes with 34, got to the free throw line 21 times, uh, finished 18 to 21 there. And then uh, LeBron, 23 points. So I think I think the Lakers, I was saying this before the game last night, I think the Lakers could have even lost that game, and I still would have been confident that they could have uh, potentially pulled out the series. But to even it 1-1 and to, have AD, and to have AD finally bounce back and not play like – this is something that I found really funny on Twitter. After game one, uh, people started calling him A. Disney because of his performance in the bubble last year. So – for him to bounce back, have a good game. It was nice to see. For me personally, I would like to see them get away from the Andre Drummond minutes because I just don't think they can really succeed with two bigs out there at all times. And it's going to make a pretty interesting roster crunch last night. Uh, Harold didn't even play. And then randomly got 20 minutes from Marcus Hall after him being out of the rotation for a while. I don't think their bench is that consistent. I think they're trying to just figure out what units they can use. Kuzma, rough game last night, one for four, only two points. You got the random four Markeith um, Morris minutes. And then, like I said, 20 minutes off the bench for Gasol, 19 off the bench for Caruso, who I actually think is doing a decent job staying with Booker, but I don't think they want that for too long. And then, Six minutes for Taylor Horn Tucker, four minutes for Wesley Matthews. So I think they're really just trying to piece it together. But we'll see what this matchup. I, I would love to see a, a healthy Chris Paul because in that game one, they were they were putting it together. And even with Chris Paul with the, uh, with the shoulder injury, he was still being able to get to a spot. And you saw him throw up that jump shot that went in late in game one. So I think this series is going to be fun for the remainder. Yeah, I think so too. It's... It's not a bad series. I mean, 
The only thing I just feel bad for Chris Paul because it feels like almost every key playoff series, he's going to get hurt. And one, that's not his fault. That's just that's just bad luck. And there's nothing he can do about that. But to key on last night on game two, I think the Lakers have to be extremely happy with the way they played. Um, one player that played really well, Schroeder, 24 points out of plus minus of 16. And I really liked the way he played. He played well. Drummond actually did play well, um, but it was kind of like the chemistry between him and Davis on the floor against like a smaller team like the Suns where you kind of want to have more speed out there. But overall, it was good. Um, LeBron had a great game like always. Anthony Davis had a stellar game, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks. I mean, it's, it's incredible what he did after that game one performance and he knows how bad he played because it looked like DeAndre Aiden was locking him up and DeAndre Aiden was the bigger guy, but yesterday was the complete opposite. It didn't matter who the Suns put on Anthony Davis. He was just going to tear him apart. So I really like how the Lakers showed up last night. The only thing now I'm still curious about their defense, like you said, because Devin Booker is, it's a top five score in my eyes, like just a pure natural score. It's not hard for him to score on any part of the floor. So I don't know how it's going to play out with Caruso keeps guarding him or maybe Tucker, um, maybe Wesley Matthews. Because it's really hard to set up, set that up because, like you said, a lot of guys had off nights for the Suns. Crowder was off. I mean, and bad I don't game blame Bridges. him after taking the shot. That he took yep. on that first play of the game for Anthony Davis. That was tough. That was tough. Yep. And then Bridges. Bridges didn't have the best of games either. Uh, Payne on the on the stat card, it says he had a good game, but like you said, six of fifteen shooting. That's not really best. And they really didn't get a lot of depth. I mean, if you look at it, only nine guys played. Yeah. Which I understand in the playoffs, you want to limit your rotation to your best players. But still, if you know you have one of the best rosters in basketball, well, and also if you're going one of the best, you have to you have to give your guys some rest because sometimes there's going to be games where it's like, hey, they just they were tired and they couldn't do it. So I would like to see the Suns use more of their depth because I actually don't think their bench is that bad. It's not that bad. I mean, Kaminsky, I understand not putting him out there because I feel like if Davison – Drummond are out there. They're just going to bully him. Yeah, they're just super small at the bench. I mean, because they go after they take out Aiton, they usually go with Sarik, and yeah, he's not really a center like that. So they are really small off the bench, which going into the series, I thought AD and Drummond would take advantage of, and we did see Anthony Davis take advantage of it in the first game, but he definitely took advantage of it last night. Yeah, because, I mean, like we said, they're just big. They're, they're a big basketball team. But that's also an advantage for the Suns have. If you're small, you can play a lot faster than the Lakers if you really want to. And that could be your biggest advantage. So, I, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, if, to me, if the Lakers win game three, depending on how much, this could either go south for the Suns or, it can, or we can see a, maybe a good six-game series. Yeah, you think so? I, I'm still thinking this one goes seven. I think they, I think the Suns can pull uh, at least one out in uh, 
in LA, but it's going to be tough, especially depending on what the status of Chris Paul's health is, because yeah. if he's if he's not one hundred percent, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's a lot on the shoulders of Devin Booker, and he has been great at scoring this series. So you can't even say, oh, he hasn't stepped up as much as he needs to. He's been he's been getting buckets, man, and he yeah. he is a tough bucket getter. Like some of the shots that he takes and gets off are it's just like wow. Wow, this guy, this guy is really good at scoring sometimes, man. And yeah. he's got he's got it from all levels. He can kill you at three, kill you in the mid-range. He's got the floater. Those yeah. floaters that he was getting over AD in the game one were super, super tough. And his ball handling has been getting better every year. It used to be like with Devin Booker, all right, he's mainly a shooter. Ball handling skills are not the best, but now they've gotten a lot better. He's really limited the turnovers. So I'm I like where it's – I like the Suns team, but it's kind of like what I said with Chris Paul. It's just bad luck, and there's nothing he can do about it because it's – I mean, injuries come at probably sometimes the worst moments for him. We saw it this year against the Lakers game one. We saw it against the Warriors when he was with Houston game five. And with the Clippers, there was a couple of times he got hurt and Blake got hurt. Yeah, the wrong time. So, and that's yeah. not their fault. And it's, it's tough. It's tough yeah. to have your body betray you, especially when you need it the most in the playoffs. And kind of a quick turnaround again as they play again tomorrow uh, in LA. So, hopefully, he can with the with the limited action that he got yesterday with today's day off, he can get some feeling mobility back in that shoulder and he's closer to 100% for game three. But if not, yeah, I think what you said is right, that this could end up being a pretty quick six game series. All right. So let's get to the topic that unfortunately we have to discuss. And that is our Miami Heat now in a 0-2 hole against the Milwaukee Bucks. And this series has been brutal, pretty brutal for the Miami disappointing, team. yeah, mediocre, so, terrible, terrible, unwatchable loss, terrible, terrible game two loss. Game one was entertaining as far as going to overtime, but still, the Heat struggled in both games, and they play again tomorrow. They bring it back home. If something does not change quickly, this might be. This might be over, honestly, and that pains me to say it. That pains me to say it, but I'm right there with you. It might be over. That was that was tough to go out like that in game two, and really the the most discouraging thing I think about this series that our two best players are simply not playing like our two best players. Yeah, game one, Jimmy didn't have the he didn't have the grace of games, but really came on in the fourth. So at least there was that, and bam. In game one, Bam wasn't that great. He was good on defense, but offense, when we needed him to score, he just wasn't scoring. And we saw it in game two when it was – when we really needed someone to score, it was just – he wasn't there. And by the time it was already – it was done, that's when Bam started scoring. I'm like, those are meaningless. Those are meaningless points at this point. The one question I just have is I would love to ask your exposure some questions. I know Tyler isn't like he's he's not playing that well right now, but 
he has to play more minutes. He does have to play more minutes because even though he's not playing that well right now, we know the capabilities of his scoring ability because Tyler Hero was amazing for us last year in the playoffs. I understand game one, he did not have the best of games, but you have to take a chance on that. And I just want to also ask Jimmy, there's so many times where he drives in the paint and he kicks it back out. And I go, you have the layup right there. Like, take the two. I understand, yes, the, the three ball has changed the game of basketball. But if you have the open shot right there, to me, you have to take it. And I just, there's so many things I want to talk about this heat team. I mean, the guard play has not been that good. Um, when outside of BAM, we're small. I mean, it's it's just like, man, we have so many holes on this team. And you figure with Trevor Ariza, he can at least help us guard Giannis a little bit, and that's not even at close at all. It feels like he's just getting bullied every second. Every time Giannis sees him, he's, Giannis is saying, okay, this is easy. I'm going to take it. I'm just going to take this while it keeps coming. And it's now coming to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm looking forward to the offseason. Miami, let's try to find a point guard that can at least run the offense because now it's Jim, Jimmy solely running the offense. It's And we, we've talked about it. We had to get the pressure off of Jimmy from running the offense the whole game because we do need him back on defense. So I would like to find a point guard that can run the offense, and I would like to find a center so Bam can at least play the four, and he doesn't have to have all that pressure of, guarding the center and guarding the best player the whole time. Honestly, I think what it comes down to with this roster is this offseason, we signed two players, Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless. Mid-season, we traded for two players, Bielitsa and Victor Oladipo, and not a single one of them is making playoff contributions. So I just don't think there we was... Traded. We traded Avery Bradley. Yeah, I just don't think there was any I don't think there was any upgrades made to this roster that you can point to and say we are better at this spot than we were last year. And that's just unfortunately what Jay it comes Rock. down to. Yeah, we let J Rock. We wanted the cap flexibility to try to go after a guy like Giannis and I think it clearly hurt us. Uh I mean, you can say that Tyler Hero needs more minutes, but he's been struggling all year and I have not been I have not seen anything to give confidence in him in this series at all. I mean, game one, he absolutely stunk it up. Game two, I guess you could just chalk it up to, you know, the whole team was bad, but two of 10 again, game two for only 10 points. Drogic has actually looked decent uh, for the first two games, but yeah, yeah like you said, just look good. Ariza, Ariza, I just, I mean, 32 minutes, I mean, 38 minutes even, uh, in game one, that's 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 a I don't lot know why. for him. That's a lot for him. And then when you go to the bench, I don't really know who you're really counting on. Iguodala, 15 minutes, only two shots for two points. Uh, it's just it's just tough. I mean, Deadman looked good in the last game, but I yeah, Deadman has been a bright spot. But how long could we say he's going to keep up this? Yeah, I don't know. Well, play rely on that. I mean. Game two, shout out to him, doing Edmonton game. Eight of 11 for 19 points and nine rebounds, but it's just tough. I think the Oladipo loss midseason is really starting to hurt us, and 
unfortunately, I just think Milwaukee had that performance against us last year, and I think they just clearly are better than us this year. I think Holiday has been a game changer for them. What he have in game two, 15 assists and seven rebounds. Let me see. Yeah, 20 points. Uh, yeah, 20 points, nine, re- uh, 11 rebounds. So it's just, I think they have just clearly gotten better than they just as a team, as a roster, I think they just are completely better than us. That part is true. And also they're playing with more heart because you could see they're angry when they play. And I have no issue with that because after the way they played last year and the disappointment that they played in when they, when they played in us, it was, like we said, it was embarrassing. Giannis was terrible. Middleton had a very bad series and they went out and invested a lot in Drew Holiday and clearly he's making an impact. Do I think he's making as big as an impact as a lot of people thought he would? I don't think so because he's not they they have a more focused on defense than they want on offense personally but it's it's just bad i re- i really want to see how we improve this offseason considering that now the free agent class cuz Giannis was supposed to be in the free agent class but now he's not and really the only big piece that could be out there and we don't even know if he will be is Kawhi Outside of that, I mean, I don't like the free agent class, and the he might have to just say, okay, we gotta we gotta trade for a guy, which could probably end up costing us. So, and I it, don't even know who it's gonna be because you gotta resign Duncan if you want to trade yeah. him. Kendrick's a free agent, so you're really left with Precious, Tyler, Jimmy, and Bam. Yeah, so I don't know who. And, Drogic, Drogic is going to be a free agent too. He signed a one-year deal. So I don't know really who you're going to be able to package for anybody. Yeah, and like you said, it's going to be very interesting how they even attempt to upgrade this roster because I agree with you 100% in the fact that they need a big to play next to Bam. I just, I've been really, really discouraged what I've seen from Bam in the series. I don't think he's looked aggressive. I don't even think he's tried to even jumpstart his offense at all just by taking shots even if it's not necessarily the greatest shot to take in that possession just get try to get yourself in a rhythm man and and he's missing shots that he used to consistently make it's just uh it's just hard to it's just hard to wrap my mind around it with him because it's like you were the second best player on a team that went to the nba finals last year and there's just times where you look like you just don't have confidence and it's like I don't understand why you were coming off an all-star game last year we went to the finals your name was in the defensive player of the year conversations like like what else do you need you just need to go out there and whatever just put your head down just try to at least get yourself in a rhythm I would respect that more than seeing Brooke Lopez just sagging off him so much and you're still waiting for guys to come off screens instead of looking for your own offense. It's it's very frustrating with Bam, and uh, it's just tough. I mean, could we, also, we also have to blame the coaching staff because I'm pretty sure the coaching staff had a game plan, and I go, clearly the game plan is not working because I understand that when you have Duncan, you have Tyler, and you have a lot of shooters, you want to get them free. 
because outside of Tyler, most of them can't really get open unless it's like coming off of picking, like unless it's coming off screens. So I understand that part, but for Bam, you have to get Bam open shots because Bam would like you I said mean, last he's year. He's not taking them. He's just yeah. not taking them. Lopez is giving it to him, honestly. Lopez is disrespecting a jumper. They're playing him like a guy that they don't care if he shoots. And he's yep. playing right into their hand. So that's that's where it actually came to me. And I was thinking after the game two loss, I looked at the free agent class, didn't like what I saw. And then I saw a couple of guys who might be who are entering the final year to contract nuts here, who I think I said, okay, they're not that bad. I actually wouldn't mind trading for him. I put he's at the top of my list. I said Valentunas. Because I think Valanciunas with this team, I feel like, okay, he defensively, he's he's not that bad. But offensively, he can help us. He gets a lot of offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies. And knowing with the way Memphis likes to run their team, considering now they're, they're just – Memphis wants to basically outrun everyone because they are – they're so athletic with their guard play. So Valanciunas was a guy I looked at – and then maybe for free agency, outside of like Schroeder and Lonzo, I didn't really find any point guard that I would say, you know what, that's because I don't even want to bring Victor Oladipo back because he's not going to be able to play until November. Yeah. And I go, why would I want that? And then there's a good chance you're going to get hurt again. I yeah, need you to be that on the or floor. How, how good is he going to look when he comes back from injury? Is he going to be able to be 100% and – contribute right away especially to a team i mean i still expect us to be competitive but especially to a team that's going to be competitive is he going to be able to log those minutes and actually provide something of value so yeah man it is tough i mean i still trust in them but hopefully we can drag this series out as long as possible i'd love to see it go seven but i have very little confidence in us being able to win four before they can win two and I just I would hate to see it that we go to the finals one year and the next year it's a first round exit. That would be that's a tough pill to swallow right there. Yep. I mean it's it's almost like um the Mavericks. The Mavericks, I wanna say they yeah, the year they were the first seed, I think it was right after the finals, um and they lost to Golden State in the first round. Yeah, man. So I I, I that the game on Monday was the toughest of all of them. At least on Tuesday, uh, at least on Saturday's game one, they were able to. Uh, and we fight had chances back. to win. Yeah, fight back, send it to overtime, bro. And then that Middleton shot, man. As as dominant as Giannis can be at time, he wanted nothing to do with that game. Yeah, he stayed as far as away from that ball as humanly and possible. I don't blame Duncan. Duncan was actually playing solid defense at that point, and Chris Middleton did not take the best of shots, and it just went in so I had I had no issue with the shot because I was like Duncan you actually played good defense on that and you forced him to take a bad shot it's just he made it there's nothing you can do about that hopefully hopefully some of these guys can play better now that it's back home but Tyler Hero has been MIA and Duncan a little bit some games it's inconsistent I mean game one he came out ball and can't be mad at that one but geez when the rest Game of, two was bad. When the rest of the team is just not there, Jimmy, I mean, I love you, Jimmy, but geez, dog. 
just been terrible shooting and all we heard all season was just get me there i'll take care of the rest and yeah. waiting on you to take care of something now man at this point all right everybody so that'll be our episode for today episode number 51 thank you guys again for listening uh, we got some more nba playoff games tonight we got washington philly Atlanta, new york which is great game one can't wait to see how that series ends up shaking out memphis utah as well maybe the return of donovan mitchell it seems like the reports are saying that he's going to play but you never know they might bench him at the last minute like they did in game one but hopefully the heat can pull out a win on thursday for game three but until then we'll talk to you guys uh probably at the end of this week early next week until then guys thank you again for listening and go heat